Welcome to our podcast. As, As a, a matter, matter of black. black. I'm Bowie. And it's me, my daughter's superhero, Bali. You looked kind of crazy when I said so. I didn't know where you were going with I just didn't no, know where you were like no, going my, with that. My daughter, <clears throat> my two-year-old daughter comes to me every once in a while. She just randomly says, Daddy, you're a superhero. <laughs> Daddy, you superhero. And she's been doing it for like months. Do you have a cape? No. Oh. I have a do-rag cape. So yes, oh, my do-rag has a cape. Sometimes I let it fly. Sometimes I tie it in a bow or not. Maybe that's what she's referring to. The do-rag cape looks like a cape, but just for your head. Um, see why you're trying to be funny. <laughs> I am. I have been inducted into. I was inducted into the Do Rag Hall of Fame back in, uh, I believe that was 2018. The Do Rag Hall of Fame. I went down in history with some of the greatest Do Rag wearers, uh, from Allen Iverson to Bo King Woodbine, okay. uh, Nelly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what I'm saying Bow Wow. I'm in the company of some of the greatest do-rag wearers of all time, your boy Osiris Bali. So while you hating on the do-rag cape, just know you're talking to somebody who is illustrious. Love that for you. And you lack luster. <laughs> Love that for you and your do-rag Hall of Famers. I'm Shout out to my daughter who called me a superhero. And glad that you're a superhero for your daughter. Already. Maybe one day you'll be a superhero to the world. Maybe one day I could be like Aquaman, <laughs> aka Sea <C> Murder, <laughs> aka Scuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> because those are the real heroes. The real heroes, the superheroes in Black August. That's actually the only reason why we're recording today. Yeah, we, we to talk need about to. the superheroes. We shout out to the superheroes that are in our lives, walking around every day. Sometimes they wearing do rags like myself. Sometimes they wearing, you know, crew shirts. Sometimes they are wearing skirts and pushing pencils. <laughs> Sometimes they, you know, sometimes they wearing glasses, glasses and flambéing with all types of box braids, everything. Shout out to all the superheroes. Because, I mean, they really do come, one, they come in the rarest form, in the most unexpected form, and they come at the most unexpected time. But, like, the loneliest monk, they have perfect time. Like Jesus, perfect mm -hmm. time. They may not come when you want them. But they will be there right on time. Somebody in the, in the in the place needs to give a hand raise or something. Let the church say amen. All right, hallelujah. <laughs> so I was I was um what was I doing? I was I was at home mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon, mm -hmm. and I scroll on my Instagram, and I see you post on your Facebook story. Mm -hmm. And it was a very vague post. I didn't know what you were talking about, but you were like, shout out to the man that like swam in the river or something. Yeah, I said, shout out to the man who swam. I said, shout out to my boy who swam through the river. 
And you know, I could left it at that. I cut it short because you know the professionals in the professional world, they like to be real vague on Facebook when they trying to protect yeah, themselves. Yeah. So I just want to shout shout out somebody to because I knew if you was involved in my culture, you was gonna pick up on it sooner or later. And I had no idea what you were talking about. But you found out. I found out very <laughs> shortly after. Okay, exactly. <laughs> it don't take nothing but a little bit of research. That's it. <laughs> well, one of the things I thought was like, uh, was really interesting was the location of this. Yeah. Of this whole, I don't know, what what are people calling it? Watergate, Rivergate, Fade in the Water. Fade in the Water, Watergate, uh... Uh, lift every voice and swing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like it was the most iconic, like, viral moment, maybe of this year? Maybe. Yeah. It, well, we 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 didn't have some viral moments. I think I think for sure that was like the the in the black culture, that was the most viral moment. And, and keep in mind, we just coming up off of what uh little mama who Carly we oh, just come yes. up off that so but but yeah that's definitely up there that is so far it's got to be the top viral moment in black culture this year you know what I'm saying and did, and for people who don't know what we're talking about we're referring to the incident that happened in Montgomery Alabama on the riverfront on the riverfront where this video surfaced of a black security guard. No. 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 Hey, let's get let's get that. Let's okay. get let's let's debunk that myth right there. Let's do that. Okay, so I'm gonna let you go right back in. Everybody else, he had on the, the prototypical, you know what I'm saying, security guard outfit, the black shorts, the yeah, white the tie. Shirt. He was the Harriet Riverboat co-captain. Polo shirt. Oh, he was the co-captain. He was the co-captain. He got off on one of them little sailboats because they couldn't get to the dock. He got off on one of the sailboats and went to the dock from the uh the actual ferry boat. So he wasn't a security guard. No, he was the co-captain. This came out since then. Co-captain of the river boat. Everybody thought he was security on the dock. Nah, he was the co-captain. So the co-captain was was trying to get people to move their boat, their, what do you call it, a personal boat? It wasn't a commercial boat. They called them a, a platoon or something like that. Okay. But it's so like one of the little bitty boats, yeah. I feel like we're back on the submersible episode. A platoon or something like that. So, <laughs> a personal boat. Yeah. The the co-captain needed them to move that so that they, so that they could park their commercial boat. <clears throat> right. And he was subsequently jumped by a bunch of white people who were out boating in the same area. But a gang of white people. A gang of white folks. That was a gang. Yeah. I've seen gangs in my past. Right. And I know what they look like. And that definitely was gangs. They just so happened to have a boat. Okay. Privilege. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So these people jumped this gang. <laughs> the river gang. I wonder what their set like sign is and like their tag. Uh look here, buddy. <laughs> that's that's the call. That's the that's the call. Look here, buddy. <laughs> so, so the guy gets jumped by these white gang, white boat river gang. 
And then out of nowhere, yeah. it was like the bat signal or something was signaled up in the sky, or there was like like one of those old dog whistles that like only dogs could hear, but this time for black people. Yeah. It was signaled, it went off, and the blacks that were all around that saw this happening, they they all like transcended to this to this space. Yeah. And then this whole fight just took place. Yeah, it was like it was like he threw he threw the cap up in the air and then it was slow you outside of the club and you think I'm a ball. That's what started playing. They started playing bone pressure. No scared. What? That's the, and he started everybody heard it. And that song go hard. Like I don't know if people for, have forgotten. Yeah. But that song is one of the best like fight songs. If there was gonna be a fight song, yeah, like that is it. Like that's uh, mm -hmm. that's the reason that like that was uh, what you call his introduction to the game or Ti. That's like one of the first songs he was on. Oh, and I mean, Dev was great. I mean, really, Bone Crusher's lyrics were great, but Ti's lyrics were great too. When we finish the podcast, I'm gonna listen to Bone Crusher on the way home. Okay. Okay, so, that's the only song I know about Bone Crusher, but yeah. He got another song. It's another song. I don't um, <laughs> There's another one. If he had another single, because oh, okay. it, it also topped on the 106 in Park, I remember. Oh. I just can't think of it right I now. Can't, look, I can't think of it either. I mean, he had a whole album. A teacher. I'm going to He did not get the credit he deserved. He did not get the credit he deserves. Anyway, so all these people come and there's like they they converge or they come together and they and everybody's fighting and it's just this crazy brawl and people are coming from all over the place. People in their nice clothes. Did you see that? People in their nice clothes. Like these people, these people that was they was maybe on the river, about to get on the river on the boat. Yeah. In their nice clothes. Oh yeah. With their nice hairdo. These are black people we're talking about. In Montgomery, Alabama, did we mention it was in Montgomery? In Montgomery, it's in we Montgomery. Was That's what we were at. We'll get. I'm gonna get to that later. Yeah. But these was black people in nice, nice clothes with their good heels and their good shoes and their good hairdos and yeah. stuff. Yeah. They was they was brawling. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was like a moment of unity that I think. Us as black people have been waiting to we see. That. We need to see that. We needed to see that. Seriously. We so need we needed to see that. Yes. Because how many times do we see in the news, in history, videos, whatever, past, present, future? We well, past and present, and we probably gonna see this again in the future. But how many times do we see unwarranted white violence and nobody steps in to do, do anything? Because I'm gonna keep it real. Had had my people not jumped in there to say the co-captain brother, yeah, that video could have been totally different. That man would have died. He, exactly, exactly. So that's this. So this is the reason why I pray none of them people get any jail time, any charges they need. Whoever lawyer is gonna take their case, uh, you need to work for free. Uh, yeah. They all bailed out, but that was a matter of life and death. It if, was. if one of them would have kicked him in his head or stomped on his neck or something like that, he, he would have thrown that water. Yeah, he could have been seriously hurt.
hurt for the rest of his life or could have lost his life. Yeah, and I think for us, we're kind of skipping all around, but like for no. me, that was like the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Because I there have been so many instances where it's just like, why has nobody done anything? Mm -hmm. Like, especially in these moments where you're talking about somebody's foot on somebody's neck for minutes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or somebody choking somebody out for minutes. And it's like yeah. all this time has elapsed and it's just people just standing around looking like nobody's saying anything or nobody's doing anything to try to like save another person. Mm -hmm. And especially, it feels like, especially if you black, you know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like sometimes as a woman, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, well, if this happens and I'm around, what would I do? Like, what could I do to kind of like, uh, like disarm the situation? And then if it's like, if I decide that I want to interject myself, then like to save somebody else, then who is going to save me type of thing? I'm going to just tell you off top. If you're rolling with me and I get to fight with a bunch of guys or it's a bunch of guys and we fight another bunch of guys, stay out of it. As a woman, as a black woman, just stay oh, out of it. Oh, I thought that was going to go. <laughs> no, stay out of if it. I, if we together and somebody trying to fight you, I'm picking up a rock and I'm going to throw it. Okay, well, we'll do that, but I don't want no man to touch you, so I'm telling you, I don't want you to get in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my purse and I'm going to swing. I'm going to swing my purse. You sound like a ride of that. If, if the purse don't work, then I'm going to take my shoe and I'm going to throw my shoe. Yeah. And then I'm going to reach in my purse for whatever, whatever contraption I got in my purse and I'm going to use that. Okay. <laughs> okay. She's serious. I'm gonna get her face, y'all. I'm gonna scream, hey, hey. Yeah, do that. <laughs> hopefully you ain't got screen help at all. Hopefully I'm handling up my business, throwing up dumping on. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about monkey dumping and molly wobbling, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I just feel like <laughs> I feel like the women in Montgomery, though, during that brawl, they, 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 they play, they fall. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'll just offer GP. I feel like I have to, I have to do something. Like I don't know. I don't. I used to take self defense classes. I don't anymore. But I'm like, I don't know if I need to get a baton or like <laughs> I got some pepper spray. But it's, I, it's kind of whack. I feel like I need to use pepper spray first, like as for practice before I use it for real. And so I feel like it's okay. it's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's terrible that you have to think about these things as a black person yeah. to begin with. But this is where we are. And I feel like I'm ready. Now I don't know what level of fighting or or violence or self-defense I'm gonna be capable of, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna sit sit back. Well. I appreciate your ride or die spirit. <laughs> it was definitely the homie for sure. But yeah, like, them brothers handled it. They did. Shout out to my boy, like I said, uh, Aquaman. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? C Murder. Where did he come from? He came from the boat. So check this out. So the reason why this whole situation popped off, like Bowie explained, was. These folks would not move their boat. I mean, we would not move their boat so the ferry could park and dock. Right. They said, background story on it is, 
is these folks got on like, you know, the boat got speakers and the captain got on the speakers and was like, please move your boat. And they were sitting there yelling back at them that they weren't going to move it. And uh, about 45 minutes had passed before anybody made a move off that boat. So co-captain after 45 minutes of them waiting in their water, basically just waiting on them to move the boat, signing the sides like, I'm going to get over there. I'm going to move that boat for them. They're like, we, we supposed to be docking right here. They're in our area. And that's what popped it off when he got off the boat to do that. Then Aquaman saying it's going down because when they when he got when he was starting to get jumped, another brother came down from the right, area, from the upright, from came the, down the ramp, came down the ramp, and then Aquaman just was like Scuba Gooden Junior. They called him. You he know, was swimming. You would have thought that was his relative, Michael B. Phelps. That's what they've been calling him, Michael <laughs> B. Phelps. <laughs> you would have thought that was his cousin or something. Could have been. Well, it could have been, but on, on, if you notice on the back of his shirt, the all the model pictures, it says crew. Mm. So he was a part, he was working on, I, I'm assuming he was working on the boat as a crew member. Oh. <laughs> because it was a few brothers out there with the same blue color shirts um, fighting. I'm like, man, and my co-captain, he got to have some some, some body, body crew members, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, so he swam up. That brother right there, get your swimming lessons together. For real, because he swam so fast over there. And then, you know how much energy that exerted? Pulled himself up on the dog mm-hmm. and then straight up and just swinging. Swinging and body swinging. He was not having it. He said, Not on my watch. Not on my watch. <laughs> and that's how we supposed to show up. Not on my watch. That's really how we have to. And like, yeah. I just, I mean, so many people have um, all these like conflicting views about it, but I feel like there should be no conflicting view about this whatsoever. Like we have literally sat back. It's been I I have seen videos way from way back a long time ago. Videos this to this day you cannot see in color. So I'm talking about black and white videos from the early '40s. 50s and 60s mm-hmm. it's this video that always sticks in my head where there's like this riot of people white people and they are just like shoving this older black man like he wasn't significantly older but you could tell he was like an older black man they shoving this dude kicking him pushing him to get him out of somewhere and it's a very really, really like iconic video they show it in a lot of the civil rights you know, films or any of these other films talking about like racial injustice and violence at the hands of white supremacy. And it's a video that always, I always see in my, in my head, like it's etched in my brain, in my memory, this image of this man being shoved and nobody was there to help him leave. Mm -hmm. And then we fast forward to all these years later and now we've seen it on 4K. Mm-hmm. Like we see it in three D, you know what I'm saying? We see it in surround sound. We see it on our laptops, on our phone, on our iPad. You know, we're seeing it in every facet of media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We're just seeing so much violence against black people at the hands of white supremacists. Sure. And more than what we see. More than that, what we see is people standing by with the devices that yeah. make it possible for these things to be replayed in our faces on 4K. Yeah. We see that more than we see what we saw in Montgomery. And it really should be the other way around. Exactly. It's like, 
uh, to a certain to like a certain extent, you know, what has happened in the past happened for a reason. Yeah, and you know the reason why we had we had to watch so many things over and over again of black folks being just brutalized or whatever is because you know what I'm saying we um I think sometimes we don't understand the magnitude of our power when we unite. Yeah. We haven't seen it on display enough. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying the camera phones weren't around uh in the days of slavery. So we don't get to sto hear the stories about the revolt unless you just hear the story about that time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's another big thing. Y'all Kill that phrase, we are not our ancestors. The only reason why you are even here today is because you are a product, you are resilient, just like your ancestors. They, they are, that is our bloodline. That's where we come from. We come from our ancestors. Our ancestors have power. So kill that shit talking about we are not our ancestors because we don't even get, first off, if you don't ever heard stories about revolts and stuff like that, that just means one, the winners usually tell the stories. And two, you don't really do enough research on what your ancestors were about. There were many ancestors, many, many ancestors who fought back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got plenty of stories of people who just talk to some of your relatives, honestly. They'll tell you stories about people, black men and black women who fought back against white people. And then they did it in a way to where they had to just move out of the state because it was like, it was too dangerous for them because they stood up for themselves. You know, that's a lot, of, that's, a, that's a reason why a lot of our people in America in the 1900s migrated. Some mm -hmm. folks migrated for better opportunities. Some folks migrated because they had kicked somebody ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm for real. And it was like, you know what? We I, have to go. <laughs> I, cannot, look, I cannot stay here in Georgia, but I heard it's popping up there in New York City. Let's, right. Let's, let's pack it up and get up there the next day or two. And then the kind of stories I like, yeah. like I want to hear more about those stories. I want to hear about the stories where some stuff had done went down and they was like, listen, we got to get this man out of town. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Get his stuff and let's go. Exactly. Like, these, I want to hear more of those stories. These revolt stories go back all the way to the slave ship, to the plantation. To the uh to the days of when slavery ended throughout all of the early 1900s through the civil rights movement, everything. It's a reason that you are here today. So we got to kill that phrase. But we had to see that. And and that's that's how on uh I said that's that's how on point we gotta be. When we see somebody like get violated, mm. it's you know what I'm saying. It ain't no time to think about is is it okay to break the rules? Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's like this is a matter of life and death. Yeah. You know, so it really is. So, you know, I, I appreciate everything that happened because it showed people unite what could happen. And then it, it put other folks, they they that's the warning. Them uh them white folks who tried to jump that man and thought it wasn't gonna be no consequences had a lot of audacity. So much audacity. A lot of audacity, and guess what? They were, they had a mini, they got a mini mark, Vassar's mini mark in Selma, Alabama. So as soon as that pictures got everywhere, folks were like, don't go spend money over there. Mm -hmm. Them folks think it's okay to jump on black people. And it's like, they was, you know, they actually took a picture together prior to them getting on the boat and doing all this type of stuff so they were easily identified. 
Well, I feel like whatever the what's the name of the store? Bassler's Bassler's Mini Mart. Bassler's Mini Mart. Selma, Alabama. I feel like whoever in Selma, Alabama, or if you close by, drive to Selma, Alabama. If you smoke cigarettes, you need to flick your cigarette butts <laughs> onto the onto the storefront. Like just flick as many cigarette butts as you can, and let your kids go around there and cuss and use cuss words outside of the door or whatever. Yeah, and uh, hard back and forth in front of it, just fart. Right. repeatedly. Yes, just like <laughs> if you got used bubble gum, go stick it on the side of the building, like. Do something, do stuff like that for a couple of weeks or a few months until the end of the year. Yeah, support everything around there on the block. Yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> make it make it make it look real crazy. Just make it look so crazy, but like be careful. But you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like for me, one of the biggest things is uh that really bothers me. It's only a few things that really enrage me, but like one of the biggest things is like people bullying like bullying people or like trying to like I don't know superimpose your power onto somebody that you feel is lesser or like that like jumping somebody when you know that it's an unfair yeah. fight that type of stuff enrages me and that is a surefire way like my only thing is just like I ain't trying to go to jail for like murder or nothing and I, I mean, I'm guessing most people who want to defend themselves aren't. But like that is that is for me the thing that I feel like if I was gonna get out of my character and out of myself or something, it would be that. Like I saw a video today where this lady, this white lady, shook up a can of Coke and like sprayed it in this little boy's face, exactly. and then she like smacked him in the face, yeah. and it just infuriated me. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I'm just like you know, I don't know who was there or who was standing around, but it's one of those things where it feels like if I had seen that, I would have fought that lady. Like, yeah. it wouldn't have been nothing for me to fight her. Yeah. Because what are you doing? This is a little boy. Right. And you, it's like, you have no right to treat anybody's kid like that, mm -hmm. this little black boy like that, and especially in such a hostile environment. And I just think it's crazy that still to this, and I feel like it's getting worse. But I feel like t still to this day that there are so many like people that are just not considerate of little black youth and just like black people in general. Yeah. And they deserve to be beat up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah <laughs> oh, man, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a like this is a message. This is a message uh about karma. Mm. It's a message for folks that just tired. Uh, this is, like I said, a message of unity. You know, what I saw in that moment was people who were not thinking about their ailments, their aches and pains. Yes. They weren't thinking about uh, if my job find out. That, you know what I'm saying? That's they, they were not thinking about that. And, and, and it's the messed up thing about it. Like, Folks act like this just popped off in, in like in the span of like a minute or two. Like I said, that boat was waiting to be docked for like over 45 minutes. The co-captain had to get off and leave the vessel he was on to make sure that these people could finally get off the boat. There were people, the people that were recording this were waiting on the docks to get on that ferry. Uh, there's a ferry and a, and a sipping cycle 
that people were waiting to get on, and they was they had spent their money on, and it's all being held up by like a group of like seven or eight folks who don't want to move their little bitty boat. So this is what we're dealing with in that moment. And you see all of this going on. It's like, have you ever seen somebody that you go out and you go to get some fast food and they holding up the whole line because they don't know what they want. Uh, they want to talk to the manager. They don't want to move out the way. And you sitting back there, man, I'm trying to pick up something. And they want to sit there and fuss, cuss, and all that type of stuff. They took that to that extreme level and then want to be vibing. You know what I'm saying? And so I think I think that, you know what I'm saying, you, you get what you ask for. Yeah. And that's why you saw folks getting thrown in the water and folks jumping in the water to get safe. That's why you saying them brothers run up on them like that. Because, you know what I'm saying, you get to run up on and you get up. You know what I'm saying? That's just exactly what it is. So somebody was saying, and I don't care, I don't really understand or catch the reference, but yeah. somebody was talking about this whole song about try this in a small town or something. Oh. And so they were saying that I guess that was like the fuel behind these people. I mean, I miss, maybe it's like a, a 2023 Eye of the Tiger or something is this no, <laughs> no okay is so this song is about no nah, so the country artist that did this song his last name is Al Dean mm -hmm. uh he wrote a song about try that in a small time basically saying that, like you know the stuff that y'all think y'all can do in the city like come bring that to my little rural town and, and see what happened to you so it basically was a song that kind of like a lot of black folks felt like, oh, so you think people just protest and stand up for themselves in them cities because we scared to go to these little hick towns that y'all live in. Whoa. And so people was making fun of that, like, okay, so this is what happened in a small town now, huh? Get your ass beat. Yeah, you can you can when we when we show up, what you gonna do? So and then Ooh, so what you gonna do? Someone else was saying that like all these white people was busted up in the face or whatever and had to go to the hospital in Montgomery where all, where all black people are like nurses and doctors and stuff, which okay. I feel like would have been a sight to see. Yeah, man, it, I bet it was a sight to see because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, not only are you did you get done up, you know what I'm saying? Now you got to go get yourself taken care of by these people that look like the folks that did that to you. I, another thing before we, you know what I'm saying, drop off this topic, you know what I'm saying, if you're ready to or not. Sure. But it's a fact that a day before all of this happened, because when I saw it, I was like, man, you know what I'm saying, this is wild. But a day before this happened, what was going on in Montgomery, Alabama? Trump was there with one of his rallies. Mm. And so, you know, people travel from afar and all around to be in the city when Trump is there on this little presidential campaign rally. And it's also a fact, I gotta go look it up, it's a fact they say incidents of violence always go up, racial violence yeah. or something like, or some type of violence go up when he come in time and afterwards something happened. And it'd be little incidents that happen, but they say it's documented and it's proven that once he go to a rally in a place, some incidents always pop up afterwards. I wouldn't be surprised. See, and it'd be incidents by white people. By white people. So, Whoa. so just imagine, you know, what I'm saying the energy because we've seen in uh, what was that the year he ran for president. We've seen those rallies and those videos of people getting uh, violent and getting pushed and all type of stuff leading up 
to the rallies and before he was elected president. So you could imagine the energy of what's going on today, especially with all the stuff he's going on with the indictments and everything. That's right. Because you know he's just going up there telling all type of lies now. I'm like, I thought I thought Buddy was going to jail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he is, but you know, he was lying. Lying about everything in the rallies in, in 2015, telling people he's going Mexico was gonna pay for a wall. He was gonna send all these people and deport all these folks, and you know he's gonna do this with the government and do that. So you can imagine what he's saying now. He he probably telling people he already told people if he when he get elected he gonna fire 87,000 IRS, IRS agents. I'm like okay, so but yeah that so that was the energy, and they say that that doc was a at one point a slave trading dock. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. So well, there's I'm a like, lot of energy around there too from that. I'm like, what's I don't know what's worse, Lake Lanier or uh River what's River Boat? <laughs> the Riverfront Broad. My memory river situation, whatever river that is. We need to figure out the actual river, that would be great. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 2024, it might go down at their roof front. It might go down. It might, it might be. They said it's going to be the new Juneteenth. They said it might go down a whole big party out there. Let's go. Because, you know, you know, I did not enjoy my time in Montgomery. You and know? you were supposed to be there this weekend when this happened. I was supposed to be there. <laughs> and I just canceled my trip, my, my trip plan to Montgomery. But I could have been there. I could have been one of the people on the boat. Yeah, you could have been throwing a clothesline for somebody. <laughs> uh, throwing my shoe, like I mentioned earlier. <laughs> but going back to the being in Montgomery, when we, when we were out there, you kept on saying that that city had energy. It did. And you and you just kept on saying, like, it just feels like something out there. It just feels, I mean, for me, it was like. And that was years ago. That was years, that was like 2018 was my first year. time going. I had never been to Alabama. So my first time really visiting, I've been through Alabama, but my first time visiting Alabama was going to Montgomery. And it was just eerie. It was the slave markers in the middle of the city square was weird to me. I mean, I had a good time at the, you know, the with the jazz musicians and stuff in the EJ, I think. But even that was very like solemn. They, they're housing all of this information about lynchings and stuff. It just was, oh, I was ready to go. Um, this time we can go back. This, now, if they do a, if they do a Juneteenth, like, Situation for 2024, I would like to be there. Mm-hmm. We can go for that. Riverfront. Yeah. You know, probably. We gonna broadcast live from the broadcast <laughs> live from fade in the water. And we gonna, well, you know, we gonna have, we gonna have them white folded chairs. <laughs> the two of them. Shut up. <laughs> We're gonna bring folded. Look, the whole city gonna bring out folded chairs. <laughs> Gonna bring out white folded chairs, and we just gonna have a good time. My brother said he was in fear for his life, yes, and he had a chair, yes, and that was his that was choice of defense. And I mean, he was swinging that chair like WWE, them they used to swing the folding chairs, swing them chairs like he was very bummed. And this, it was so <laughs> he was, <laughs> and I think it was so funny because, like, you know. Because there were police out there, right? They had called the cops out yeah. there. But they always, the cops always show up when we start, Yeah, when we retaliate. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they weren't doing anything at first. They kind of was just like, oh my God, like this is a melee. This is kind of crazy. But in my opinion, I'm like, 
why why didn't the cop okay I don't know who run that boat or whatever but why didn't the cop show up and tell them like dude this boat was trying to dock for like 40 minutes yeah get over there and move your boat but then as soon as the fight pop up it was like cops everywhere I'm like what the young police people was on that y'all looking at y'all like y'all watch like just waiting whenever they feel like moving then they be down the ship they trying to get the fresh donuts <laughs> You know, this is what they doing. They yeah. down at Shipley's, they down at Daylight Donuts, <laughs> trying to get the fresh with Krispy Kremes or whichever ones in Montgomery. They was waiting on the fresh ones to drop, and then they get their coffee, their black coffee, then they had to go. Them cops was up there talking to the women in that line, ready for their boat. Every time I go somewhere, there's like big events and cops be there, I always see a bunch of cops sitting around flirting with women. You know what I'm saying? So they was sitting over there like, Oh, what's your name? What you doing down here? It's like a sip of something. Okay. Well, you have a good time. Hey, I'm gonna ship probably over in about, you know, about 9 o'clock. Yeah, I'm hanging around there all the time. Yeah. The police are kind of chatty. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys know, but like, you guys are scary. Like, you don't turn me on at all. They popped, they popped out as soon as, like I say, we started throwing them bows. Well, I thought it was funny that they were kind of walking around like chickens with their heads cut off, and then they seen Buddy hit that lady over the head, right, and they kind of was like, nickname. Uh, uh, it was like, dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, they uh, kind of just like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, come on, man. Like, <laughs> they was like, we don't really want to do this. We're trying, we don't really want to. But really, a chair? I got to get arrested. A chair? Really? A folding chair? We have to arrest you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, real quick. But notice it was black cops. It was. And uh, notice how they didn't kill them as they were arresting him. Them cops looked so confused. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never seen a loose cop before. Like, because I'm looking like this is prime. This is y'all prime territory. You could be hitting me. Oh, they wasn't doing nothing. They, they was just like, oh my God. Because it was like, who? they was like, who we going to cut first? <laughs> who we going to cut first? And then they see it like some of these people is like off the ship, off the boat, like right. employees of the boat too. They're like, oh man, he got on an uh, employee shirt. Okay, they didn't know what to do. Pope cops. This is the first time it was feeling sorry for something. I said it feels sorry for them. I feel like they should have been disoriented watching that. Just like, I'm going back to the car. I didn't sign up for this today. You know, they should have just. They should have just clocked out. Oh, gosh, that was funny. I've watched it a few times. I'll probably watch it again. Because people did. be saying, like, I didn't I still haven't caught the man throwing a hat in the air. I have not you, seen yeah, that. That was he probably smirking that hat. I hadn't seen it yet, so I need to go back and find that. Mm -hmm. And then the lady who got hit with the chair, I the more I watched it, the more I realized she was over there doing stuff. Yeah. I'm like, That's why you got hit. Oh, yeah. You was you was. Everybody that was in there was a willing participant. And I'm yeah. tell you, you, you either tried to jump on that man or you was encouraging the fight. And you were the same people that sit around every holiday with your family and friends. Y'all encourage that hatred and that bigotry. And you let your people say stuff and you think it's okay. Let them think it's okay to do stuff to people. So, yeah, she was involved in it. And, yeah, you when you jump into a brawl with men, this is what can happen to you. That's listen, I mean. listen. Because everybody ain't got nothing to do with you. And everybody was not raised to not hit a woman. Yeah. I mean, no tea or shade. Yeah. You saying people, you were supposed to everybody you were supposed to back all the way up, but you did for real. But you did <laughs> when you saw that going down, you started scraping and clawing and everything too. So 
you were supposed to chill all the way out. You're supposed to be, you, you, now your edge is going to be missing come Tuesday or next. <laughs> hey, and I'm and, hey, and I'm going to say this right here, too. I'm going to say this right here, too. She thought her white womanhood was going to oh, protect her. Yes. Because, because for years, the only people who could harm and touch a white woman in that way was the white man. Yes. And they think that, you know, when we jump out in our tears and when we when we get in, in front of them, nobody's gonna touch me. Well, you found out real quick that in the in the middle of a fight that you had fan the flames on, that you can get it too. You're gonna get touched the most. You're gonna you can get it too. <laughs> and you got rock with the chair of free will. <laughs> Well, let this be a lesson to everybody under this sound of our Yes, country. let this be a lesson. Stop trying to bully black people. Stop it. And then and stop trying to jump on black folks because you're upset that you're, you're in the wrong. And black people, we can do lots of things way, way, way better as a united front than we can along with. Yeah, and, and we got... We got just as much right to do it too, because when we fear for our lives or our fellow brothers and sisters' lives, we got we can back them up. So hey, it is what it is. Oh, well, what else is happening <clears throat> in well, the news? Shout out to the artist swimming. Uh, <laughs> shout out to C Murder Aquaman, my boy with the pride. Now he's a real superhero. Yeah, look, um. Hollywood, there's been a lot of talk in Hollywood about the strike, you know what I'm saying? The strike going on. And a lot of folks uh, don't understand exactly what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got people who are really uh, exposing the injustices in the industry as far as like making fair wages and royalties and all that type of stuff. I'd say, when I first heard about Strike, I really wasn't paying no attention to it. I heard a few people was upset yeah. uh, with, the, with the Screen Actors Guild or whatever. Uh, but it's the man that was in um, Abbott Elementary, Okay. He, he posted a video. The man at Abbott Elementary, I'm who I'm talking about, the guy who plays the funny janitor. Mm -hmm. He got those great little one-liners every time, you know what I'm saying? And I seen him in, yeah, I seen him in a few things, but this is what I really know him for. Now, he showed like one of his royalty checks for a TV show that he didn't say if it was Abbott Elementary or not, or if it was something he was on in the past. But he showed one of his checks on camera and he was like, man, uh, I showed my brother this and he laughed in my face. Because mm. this check amount is, 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 is comedy. And he was basically like saying, like, this is why people are striking because this is not a royalty check. This is like pennies. And when he showed the check, I kid you not, it was a royalty check for like, I don't know, like eight or nine cents. Oh, wow. And then I'm like a royalty check. Like, for some of y'all don't understand royalties, man. Like, a lot of times, if, like when, when, um, when these shows end up on Netflix or uh, HBO Max or, Max or whatever, you know, one of these streaming apps, 
<laughs> those shows that have been in syndication for like for a while or whatever, the accuracy, like when you are watching shows over and over again, watching reruns, stuff like that, those artists, those actors and actresses get royalty checks from that because that's a part of that residual income that they get. Yeah. And so nobody should ever see a check being as an artist. Yeah, yeah. As an artist, yeah. When I get like streaming royalties or anything like that, when I get a check cut and they mail it to me or whatever, it's supposed to be a check that when I put it in the bank, I can see the difference in my bank account once it goes there. Yeah. Now, as an independent artist, that check might not be nothing but a couple hundred dollars. Because you know what I'm saying, it they the stream is like less than worth less than a penny now. But for shows that get millions and millions of views, or even hundreds of thousands of views, <clears throat> and it's on Netflix or it's on HBO Max or it's on Peacock or Paramount, you should never receive a check as one of the main cast members for eight, nine cents. You know what I'm saying? And so like. Yeah, I, I get why they upset because it's like you can do all that work and then still be getting paid pennies in, in a in a billion dollar trillion dollar industry. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the oh, my bad. It was three cent. Three cent. Three cent. I just looked it up. Yeah, I, this is kind of falls kind of out of my wheelhouse, and you know, I try to be is is a concerned citizen as much as I can. But it's kind of one of those things where it just, for me, I'm just like, um, it's it's hard because it's like I work in like workforce development and like the talent, the talent space. And I see a bunch of people going on strike mm -hmm. and you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's hard to equate like for me, like my level of like, interest or care to be honest mm -hmm. when it comes to like people in Hollywood and it's probably a terrible thing to say. <laughs> and it's probably a very unpopular thing to say yeah. but it's one of those things where I, I remember like back uh, some time ago when Derek Fisher was on TV like wearing his sunshine his sunglasses talking about how he wasn't getting paid Derek uh, Fisher? Wasn't it Derek Fisher? Talking about the basketball player? Yeah from, from Little Rock? Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me about what you're talking about. Man. He was on TV. It was a press conference. because maybe I don't know. Maybe he was on strike. I don't know how basketball strikes work. Yeah. But there was something going on where it was an issue about wages. And he was at a press conference talking about how he wanted more money because, you know, he, they weren't getting paid. They weren't fairly getting paid or whatever. And this was like how long ago? This was a long time ago because evidently he was still playing basketball. Oh, he not playing no more. Okay. I didn't know uh, one reason why I asked is because I didn't know he was a WNBA coach too. Oh. and I didn't know if he was talking about player wages for the WNBA players and him standing up no, for them. He was this talking was about he was NBA because he was he was still playing at the time. Yeah. And it was a big, it, it was an issue back then. And I don't know what year this was, but mm -hmm. I mean, I remember watching it thinking, I know people in all sorts of professions that ain't getting no money mm -hmm. and ain't making near as much money as you making. Mm -hmm. And you on TV and your designer sunglasses talking about <laughs> you need some more money when it's like the people teaching, maybe not your kids, but like your cousin's kids 
them teachers and the daycare workers and stuff like that are literally making pennies. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, it's people that work for UPS and the post office is making pennies. Yeah. It's people that's working and plant factories and warehouses is making pennies. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? We, the consumers, get on Instagram and see you driving around in a Maserati. Do we know if it's rented or not? We don't know. Yeah. But we know the the life you live in the Hollywood Hills ain't nothing compared to, you know what I'm saying, the life a lot of people live in rural countries or in rural cities in America who really are like, who really don't have money. And that <laughs> is like one of those illusionary things, right? Where it's like, well, I know that everything, everything that glitters ain't gold. And I know that every person in Hollywood ain't making X amount of money. Yeah. But it's like, I don't care. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, whether they grow like, I don't care. Like, it's people, it's, it's really like, and not that art or creativity isn't the, something that makes the world go around, but it's like, it's so much more other important things and part of like our ecosystem that makes the world go around. Yeah. And the, and it's been people in the workforce for a very long time who can't feed their families. And like you, you know what I'm saying? Being able to go out and, and you know, go to Hawaii or you've been able to go and recluse, your, be a recluse so you can read and memorize a script mm -hmm. maybe ain't as hard as like the grueling work of somebody doing physical labor working at as we see the Amazon factory yeah. or working as a teamster in for FedEx or or UPS or something like that. And so I don't know. I feel like it kind of fell on deaf ears for me because I'm just like it probably is unfair the way you guys are being treated or you making three cents because you, you know, from being in a, from a royalty check. But I think it's one of those things where it's just like, you guys kind of have to read the room. Like so many other people are struggling and like, I don't know where this kind of falls. Like if you having a hard time working in Hollywood, then why don't you go get a job doing something else? Yeah. Like if Hollywood is like, or why don't you go and create this, this industry that you that you think is going to pay you more or something. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't, it's it's one of those things that I just, it goes over my head. Well, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the reason why a lot of them are complaining is because <clears throat> when you're accepting to the Screen Actors Guild, you feel like you have some protection as an actor because mm. and actors have unions too. Yeah. Mm. So you feel like you have some protection through your membership. Like the one guy was complaining about the three cent check because he's like, I've been a part of the screen actors give membership for like 30 years. Mm. And it's like it should I should have residual checks looking like this right here. But so I think it's about is 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 really a, with them knowing how much money the industry makes. I get why they're complaining because, you know, when you're in the membership, you feel like as a member, I should be protected. I should get some, secure some fair wages. Uh, my residual income should look better than this because he's like, oh, well, 
He's in his seventies. So like, Dang. so he's an elder. He's okay. an elder. He's older. Okay, okay. And so like, he's looking at his like, you know, I might have to sit down sometime soon because the roles are gonna be very limited for me. Like, yeah. he popping right now at Abbott Elementary, but he likes, like I said, he likes seventy. So it's like, the, what is the retirement plan? Yeah, what, what's the retirement plan for me? Because I don't get a whole lot of benefits, and then uh, that subscription revenue is like real big because it's like once they get on these like streaming platforms all that type of stuff those are like big deals too for those companies yeah uh and uh, the last thing that i like i think that a lot of people are worried about in the in the app and among the actors in hollywood and just in the entertainment music industry in general the effect that ai is gonna have on yeah things because like people are like AI is like some wicked stuff to me. Yeah. It's evil when it comes to like you can like I heard a whole song on AI, uh, a whole AI song. I'm sorry, by Drake. Mm -hmm. They took his voice and then came up with like a song. It's like something that totally that Drake has never rapped or sang before, and it sounds just like him. The lyrics are all like AI generated. And the beat and music, all the type of stuff. And it's like this if this direction music is going where the artists don't even got to go in the, in the booth and record it, they can just, this is a move for Drake, just do that. And then you throw out a topic and he raps it. That's if crazy. they start doing that with like actors <clears throat> and replacing them like that, like, oh, let me create a, a guy that's something similar to Denzel and put him in a role. And the way movies look now, you can't sometimes you can't tell if the person is like computer generated or not. Right, you can't. And so if they start doing stuff like that, it's gonna be like say you want to just create a younger version of Robert De Niro or something like that. It's like you create that on the computer and you yeah. put them in a movie. Yeah, and then you ain't gotta pay the AI bot nothing, nothing to have an award-winning movie. Give so, me an old Al Pacino any, I mean a young Al Pacino any day. Okay. Yeah, like if they want to do that to Halle Berry or or they say Jamie Foxx think this ain't the same yes. Jamie Foxx. He AI Jamie. He cloned AI Jamie. No. Jamie. I don't believe that shit, y'all. I'm no. sorry. Excuse my language. I've been today. Um, I think the AI thing is yeah. that would be terrible, and it's probably yeah. already happening. Oh okay. yeah. We just, you know, maybe that's part of what the strike is about. Um, and to that, that that would be wild because if you can take somebody's likeness yeah. and but there should be something legal you know like I don't know if you can intellectually if intellectual property of yourself like is that a thing <laughs> like, I mean, how does that work like, well I mean when it comes to like actors what intellectual property do they have if you're not if you're not like create somebody that look just like them or something like that you just okay. put in the the active mannerisms and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You have to like really do some deep digging some for that. Deep. So there'll probably be some ways they can get around it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I hope that, you know, for anybody or any entity or industry or anybody, because I'm always here for a, for a good old strike. Like mm -hmm. I love when people revolt. So I can't be mad at that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I think that's the beautiful thing about humans and like our capacities and our abilities to be able to say like you can't take advantage of us so i my thing is just i don't know what the end goal is i don't know like what they want usually you know and they talk about negotiations and stuff like that usually negotiations come in the form of you know what i'm saying like 
wages or I don't know benefits or yeah. whatever and I think it's hard to like grasp like and there's so many people like that's the other thing it's like it's so many people that's like striking and it's just like what y'all do what movie was you in <laughs> and I'm like what like what are you guys it's, it's just one of those things where I just don't I just don't understand it's like are you guys extras in movies or like what are you striking for and like what do you want and I think that's something that maybe I don't fully get like do y'all want health care do y'all want like a minimum wage or a maximum wage like do you want better contracts like do you want better protection through SAG or other entertainment unions like I feel like that has not really been clear it's yeah. just been a whole bunch of like picket signs and stuff and it just looks wild yeah it does uh i i think you right though like we on the outside of yeah. it because they only in hollywood who knows yeah, what, <laughs> in hollywood who knows what folks like uh, have really have going on and what they have to do and the next they have to go to get roles yeah and it's a lot of people that we don't know like it's like it's that dude striking that what what do you do? Oh, I was remember when B I G movie, you know, I said notorious. I was one of the dudes sitting on the couch, you know, rolling up the blunt, passing it to people. You know, you know, saying they was they was, you know, I had a guest appearance on Empire. You don't remember that? <laughs> I was one in the club like I said, he went that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hit my homeboy up because he 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 had a he had a role in what, what was one of the, I think it was either Empire or one of them like shows that about music and we had black folks in it. He like a DJ scene. He just had his headphones on. He's a DJ. Like, I was like, there you go. He didn't say nothing though. I got a friend. She was well, a friend who was saying she was in <laughs> in um. Queen Sugar. She was yeah. like, I, was at, I came. She was at the very last episode at the very end of the thing. I didn't say I missed it. I was yeah. like, shit, I'm gonna have to go back and I want to keep going back and watching it so I can like see her. So I was like, okay, I'm watching the last season of um, Look For You. I'm a, I ain't see. I'm, you know, uh, maybe you don't know. <laughs> remember, remember when COVID happened and everybody was talking about uh the commercials that we have for people to go get the boost, I mean, go get oh, the vaccine. Yes. And the dude was like, I sell things. Yes. He was in BMF in one of the episodes. Oh, wow. He, uh, he didn't have a speaking role. He was in two episodes. Yeah. Okay. You know, when the cops came and busted him in the crib, they was out at the sure. dinner table on, on season two. He was like, <laughs> you know, he lifted his hands up yes. like, I'm getting arrested. He didn't say nothing though. But he had on like a leather jacket. He looked like he had money. Yes. Like he was a part of the drug team or something. So, I'm gonna ask him what he is he is he yeah, striking anything? Ask him because I'm like, do extra. <laughs> he might not be with SA, he might not be with SAG though. Well, and I know that a lot of people that take on some of those extra roles, yeah, they eventually aspire to be a, a, a main oh, character, yeah. Or, yeah. you know what I'm saying, co-star or something. So I get that, but then I'm also wondering, are is um is it are the makeup artists? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Protested are the gaffers and the people, the grips and the people that hold the uh, boom mics. 
are they protesting? Like the, are the light people protesting? They, they call those people that do all that stuff in the background. I thought you called them like production. Okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know what they're called, like for real. Yeah. But I just thought they were like a part of the production. So, but are they striking too? Well, I don't know. Like who's striking, and what do y'all want? All right, so we're gonna. <laughs> but we got questions. I, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna find an actor actress who can break it all down for us. And and hopefully they can mark yourself too. Yeah, this is the last thing. What was I gonna say? I had one thing. I hate this happened. I had one more thing to say about it, but it went away. Okay. <laughs> free the real ones, free them all. That was the last thing she was gonna say. Free the real ones. Uh, <laughs> yes. Keep us posted on the strike. They said they they said they going to um restart negotiations. Okay. So I would just like to see the list of demands. Already. So if we can get you that classified information. Yeah. <laughs> I remember now what I was gonna say. I had been look been following some people that are like trying to make their own production companies and stuff. Okay. And I just wonder if that is the way and these are black people like okay. it's a um i'm a it's a i'll talk about it with you later but there's a book that was out that came out a couple years ago and um you know the guy blitz blitz ambassador mm. on on instagram i think he like nigerian or Ghanaian or something mm -hmm. but he's in the film industry and him and like yaya abdul mateen or like coming together to like make this turn this book into a movie and they're like producing it themselves like doing everything on their own and so I wonder if that is something that you know what I'm saying like if we could just pivot because I think that would be so beautiful yeah. for so for something like that to like really be the norm yeah. versus like an anomaly yeah it would be well I just say, you know, I'm saying it'd be it's, it would be great for people who start their own production companies and do independent stuff. Mm -hmm. But I know, like at the end of the day, a lot of times when they do their own thing and start off independent, their goals to get maximum exposure, mm -hmm. which means they gotta eventually go to the powers that be and be like that. Uh, I'm a two B connoisseur. Okay. It seems like they got a lot of freaking independent films on there. I know people joke about Tubi, because you can go watch something like, I love Tubi for the fact that like I can go watch some stuff that ain't on nobody else's radar. You might, you might go watch an old episode of Steve Harvey show, Malcolm and Eddie, oh. 227, or Moesha. I'd you, love to watch that. You, well, it's on there. But then at the same time, your homies that make them, them films, you'd be like, so where is it going to be at? Are you selling it on Amazon? What you doing? A lot of times, them homies is getting their movie put on Tubi. And you, we know that some of the angles might be off. We know that the acting ain't going to be top tier. <laughs> but as an independent filmmaker and actor and actress or whatever, you can get your movies on Tubi. Now, it seems like, and you can get your stuff on Amazon Prime, too, if you know yeah, what you And mean. I was going to say, my joint is Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime, but you gotta be subscribed to the right channels on Amazon Prime. Tubi's all inclusive. Okay. You, you ain't even gotta create an account too. You can just download the app. Yeah. Right. Only thing you gotta do with commercials, but and you can't retain your uh your data. 
Like if you start watching something, right? If you start watching something, you only if you if you sign up. That's free too, though. I know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if you if you don't sign up, you can't retain your data. Yeah. So if you wanna if you wanna like watch a movie and then stop, pause it and come back to it, right? You have to sign just up. Add your email address and put that information in. I was gonna say, I just while it's free. <laughs> I didn't know because somebody had did it on my TV, and then I tried to go watch what we was watching before, and I couldn't. Because I didn't, I didn't have an account. Yeah, so I watch TV when I'm going to sleep. So, you know, whenever I go to sleep, I just be like, oh, well, I'll go back to it later on anyway. <laughs> well, I just would like to say best of luck. I know I was maybe contrarian, but best of luck to you uh, <laughs> actors and stuff. I got a few people in Hollywood that I know that I used to, that I used to fool with when they was here. So best of luck to all you people. Are they big and famous now? No, they're not. But they, they, they be doing, they have, they... They was here, and then they um they left me to Hollywood, been in Hollywood ever since. They got a really good rep, and they take like acting classes. And now they on a show with uh Tisha Campbell, and um. They know she had a show now. Yeah, it's her and the other lady. I can't think of who. I can't. I can't think of her name right now. But they've got a pretty good. They got a recurring role on a sitcom that comes on, um, on Bounce. Oh, and so, um, yeah, so anyway, best of luck to everybody. Everybody's striking because everybody's striking. Best of luck to all y'all because it's a lot of people that's on strike right now as we speak. Yeah, it's in over 100 days into striking in and all kind of industries. And, and whatever strike, with, with every strike, you know that there's always going to be scabs, there's always going to be people who cross the picket line. Yeah. So, a lot of the reason why this made the news is because. Everybody ain't striking, mm-hmm. and so it's some prominent yeah. actors out there that be like, you know what, I ain't, I ain't done. And then some of these people like are striking and losing deals with their projects, yeah. and they're going, they are actually going to the independent people. Like, okay, well, we just dropped yeah. the project, we had some money for that. Yeah. We'll take you on now. Yeah. These independent people are getting deals to do their stuff at major studios and stuff like that now too. Very so yeah, and it's like your whole life you've been waiting to yeah. work with a. A uh, hundred million dollar budget or what a ten twenty million dollar budget. Yeah. Do you say no because of the strike now? You because you know what Tyler Perry and what's the other dude named Ron Coogler? Yes. For years they were trying to get their foot in the door. And then we seen what they were able to do once they were actually finally to do stuff with Marvel and yeah. Tyler Perry got one of the biggest studios in the world now. I mean, I'll tell y'all one time I remember like I don't know what was going on. Something was going on in the world where everybody decided they was going to um, um, boycott Black Friday. Black people had decided. Yeah. And this was the year I had just moved out of my mama's house. I ain't had nothing. I moved yeah. to a new house or whatever. I moved around around this time, September, October, and I was like, for Black Friday, I'm going to go and get all this stuff from my house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Negroes don't talk about, we can't shop on Black Friday. And I was thinking, like, first of all, y'all should have been not shopping on Black Friday. You should have been not doing that. You should have been over here patronizing Black businesses and stuff the whole time because of Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. But now y'all want to talk about don't shop on Black Friday now. And I was like, I need things. <laughs> so this Black Friday, I am shopping on Black Friday. Okay. So for the people that oh, 
Y'all been waiting your whole life for a deal. Yeah. Take the deal. Yeah. And go back and get your people after you get the money from the deal. Funny thing about it is I've never in my life shopped on Black Friday. I shopped once when I moved out of my mama's house. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I've never had because I just don't like crowds. I don't touch them anywhere. I got my first record player from like, my Black Friday deal. Word. For like $10. Word. Love. Hey. <laughs> No, I'm saying, it, it, you know what I'm saying? It's easy to say I'm not doing something when you have everything you need and you your money is like, I don't need to look for a deal. You know what I'm saying? I, I can I buy I can buy the retail price anytime I feel like it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, same like same thing with these actors, actresses, and filmmakers. It's easy for the it's easy for the folks who got a whole catalog of 30 some films and then they they pay they, they pay they be oh for this film right here I got paid 25 million this film I got paid 10 million it's easy for people to say yeah I'm striking but then it's the person that's just like man if I could just get one big movie on my resume sometimes you know and that's how man that's how that's how folks really just be getting it in as far as actors actors it'd be that one role that's that put them in a whole different stratosphere where it's like oh Oh, you you this talented? Okay, let's let's put this on your plate. This on your plate. This on your plate. You know what I'm saying? Like with uh, what's what's what guy's name? And I, I get off of, but my guy who uh, Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. man, for years he was doing great as a child actor. He was, but when he did Fruitvale Station, yeah. And I know a lot of folks don't like to watch that movie because of how you know the story behind it is true. Right. But once he did Fruit Bell Station, the door started opening up. And right. he did a great job in Fruit Bell Station. Yeah. And so it's like when you see actors getting that one big role opportunity and they can't blow it. And then it started leading to them having like a life, a career. Because then you see sometimes you see actors kill it one time and then you will never really hear from them again. Yeah. I give you an example. I always wonder what happened to. I'm sorry. I'm so scared. No, I always wonder what happened to when I watched when Jamie Foxx did Ray. I was like, man, groundbreaking. He was he was already at the top of the league when he was doing that, but he, it put him in like mega star yeah. realm after he did Ray because he play, became Ray Charles. I, mean, I always wonder what happened to the lady that played his mom. She did a great job in that movie with the, when Little Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she did a great job as far as like playing him, playing his mom, a lady that we did know, but she basically had to tell him to like don't use your affliction as a as a weakness, but you know just work mm-hmm. past that, be strong. I gotta send you off. I was like, man, this lady, she's a great actress. She was phenomenal. I think I'm be gonna see her in more stuff. I ain't never seen her enough since then. I never seen her either. And her, I mean, she had a lot of. I mean, she was kind of flashing in and out, but she was a really big part of that. Yeah, she did. She killed that role. She really did. She she played that role. I liked the I liked the way she sounded. I liked her look. Everything. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna see her in something else. Everything. When her son died, her little son. In yeah. The scene. Yeah. That was some acting. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm just saying, you get that opportunity, you never know. So. Yeah. We'll we'll follow up about the Hollywood strength. 
I actually, that was, I really enjoyed that part, that segment. That was great. <laughs> Sometimes you don't like talking to me, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I don't always feel like, wow, this is great, but but that that was a good little segment. Hey, yo. It only gets better. <laughs> yo, 50 years of hip-hop. I'm so excited. We are celebrating 50 years of hip-hop this year. We've yeah. seen uh, the celebration unfold at the Essence Fest this year. Uh, what was it? The BET Awards or was it the BET Hip Hop Awards that happened? Don't ask me. Okay, I didn't watch it, but we heard about the uh, how it went back all the way to the past to the present. Uh, Fifty years of hip hop. I just said this right here. Hip hop is my culture, y'all. I love it. Hip hop is my culture, my African culture, hip hop culture. I combine all of that, man. It's, it's it's big to me. We're talking about the essence of hip hop, the DJ, the MC, the breaking, the graffiti artist, the knowledge, all of that. Fifty years. It was supposed to be a fad, and now it's like biggest selling music genre in the world. I feel like you missed the element unless you said it, but fashion. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not say big boys and big girls. So yeah, you're right. Five elements of hip hop: DJ, MC. Break it, the graffiti artists and the B boys and B girls. Yeah. And then I add knowledge into that. Okay. You're gonna add more. Well, the knowledge, that's no, nah, they I didn't add it. Somebody else did. It was it was the forefathers of hip hop that added that. Okay. But really like after 50 years, we see that like hip hop is like taking over the music industry. And now hip hop is like straight up like grandfather age. Like hip hop's yeah. not longer in his forties. Yeah, it's fifty years old. So, like, what are your thoughts on fifty years of hip hop? And who are like your favorite artists? I think hip hop is really cool. I think I love the fact that it has really been integral in Black American culture. Yeah. And has really been able to take the world by storm because now hip hop is world. Well, hip hop has always been worldwide, but now it's like bigger than ever. Everybody wants to be, you know what I'm saying, a hip hop artist. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful. For me, one of the things that I really enjoy is like was is for the was the ability for young black men to be able to express themselves artistically and creatively mm-hmm. and out of that really just like birth this incredible uh genre this phenomenon mm-hmm. essentially essentially that we know as hip-hop and I also love that um from that a lot of women have been just as uh comparable mm-hmm. as some of the people is some of the you know people that um some of the men that people deem as like legends or the goat or greats or whatever. One of the things I'm interested in seeing is how hip hop kind of has evolved now mm-hmm. and how it will evolve in the future. Cause I know that there's so many arguments about like what's hip hop and what's real hip hop and who can rap and who can't rap and who writes and who don't write and who's mainstream and who not mainstream and you know, who's pop or who's not pop. And there's all these like arguments about like what, what real hip hop is. And I think it's like one of those evolving conversations. But I also think it's interesting that like um, 
institutions and like corporate corporations and people in academia are using hip hop to promote things or teaching hip hop classes in universities like at Harvard and, mm -hmm. you know, Columbia Ivy League schools, you know what I'm saying? Like they're using hip hop and hip hop artists to sort of bridge the gap in just kind of creating this, you know, whole um, ecosystem mm. around hip hop. And so I'm interested in seeing like the vestiges of that. Uh, something else that I love about seeing in hip hop in 50 years of, you know, hip hop being around is that so many of the people that, you know, were around back in the day are now being given their flowers before they die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I ain't trying to go left, but I'm just saying, like, it's great that, like, there are still people, the people, so many people are still around that we can say, wow, like, when um, I have been hearing so much conversation around Rakim and how he was like, the people really say he is the greatest. Mm. And it's like one of those conversations that, like, because you'll hear people name their favorite. But I have been uh, hearing and I've been a part of so many conversations where people say that like like him is the greatest yeah. MC. And I love that for him. <laughs> like um I love that he's able to inspire so many people still to this day. I got to see him perform yeah. here in Little Rock. Me too. And I don't know a whole bunch of Rakim songs, but I was like, this I mean, I know he is a legend. And so yeah. I'm gonna be there. Um, yeah. Just like I went to go see Cher. I don't listen to Cher at all, but singer. Yes, uh, okay. I mean I know it's not hip hop, but I'm just saying like if it's a legendary person, I would like to be there. Yeah. And so I got to see him perform, and and the energy in the venue was crazy because people fooled with him like the long way. Yes. So I just love that about hip hop. I listened recently listened to an interview with LL Cool J, who I don't really like that much. But people love him. And just off of GP, I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to LL, like LL's um greatest hits. Yeah. But I didn't really know LL fan. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just never got just never got it. Usually right. ladies love cool James. And I actually got to like <laughs> speak to him when it um at a, on a, at a Broadway play, I went to see Raising in the Sun in New York on Broadway, and I saw it the final night, and he was there, and we passed each other in the lobby, and I was like, hi, and then I took a picture of him, and then I ran off. I thought you was going to say when he said back to you. Was no, he was like, hey, I mean, he kind of was like, I guess, and then he just like left. <laughs> we both left, and I was like, oh. Like I was this close to him. Like I actually got to speak to her. I was like, "What did he say?" Nothing to me. Nothing. And he just looked at me, and I looked at him, and I scurried away. Uh, Which is what I do. Yeah. When I meet. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> nah, LL. You know, man. I'm gonna tell you one thing. LL. This is like something that LL should have did. LL should have copy. Uh, got a copyright for a uh, goat. He is the yeah, person that came up. Yeah. He coined that phrase. People use it all the time. Whatever he should have did was like, I, I don't know, branded, copyrighted, or whatever. He had, he used that phrase, and he could he could be getting paid like like residual income for that because he coined it and he named his album that I forget which album it was. 
but it was like greatest of all time. He just used it as an acronym, and he's the one that people started using, like calling. He started calling himself the Goo, and it flows. Um, and man, you know, he missed that bag right there. <laughs> but but I was but speaking of bags, and I wanted one more thing I wanted to say about hip hop. Yeah. And speaking of bags, one of the other things I love about what hip hop has been able to do for black people or whomever gets gets the piece of the hip hop pie is the people that have been able to do it get been able to get the bags mm. from you know they're starting their career in hip hop. Mm. I think about 50 Cent. I know people don't love him. I know some people hate him. A lot of people and, love him, a lot of people hate him. And I'm gonna tell you, get Richard Dodge trying one of my favorite albums of all time. We gotta talk about that. Okay. That or just no, like, like right now we gotta talk about Gear Richard Dotron. Why that's a like one? Of, it's a great album, but it, it's monumental. I'm no, I'm for real. I'm serious. I love that album. It's a it, no skip album for me. It's a monumental album. People don't realize because we talking about fifty years of hip hop. Fifty Cent was blackballed from the industry. He. Well, we talked about that too on on one of our podcast episodes. Yeah, he was literally blackballed from the industry. They wouldn't let him get a deal. He had a price on his head. He was he was shot at by by hit by hit men who were trying to kill him over some over like street beef. Yeah, at the same time, this street beef. Had got he had a deal in the industry and they dropped him from the label and said you could just be a ghostwriter but you'll never get a deal. He and then he went on to he he did stuff like he poked the bear literally. He made a whole song about robbing everybody famous in the industry and made enemies of everybody. Mm-hmm. And he still does that to this day. He just does it on a level on social media, not through music. And he still was able to get a deal. Million something dollar deal, go platinum, start his own label. Come out with a group. Come out with a group. Clothing line. Clothing line. Write a book. People look at me like, 50 sneakers look great, Joe. Can't believe we about to get a deal with Psycho. Those shoes are terrible. <laughs> yeah, those shoes. Well, everything was terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. Boondocks had a whole episode about that, that tank top that he had. They were like, this is the tank top that the guys. But uh, and I'm gonna tell you about G Unit. My brother, my brother got me the G Unit CD ROM. The the, <laughs> the first the first one when it dropped, he got the day it came out. I want to say it dropped on my birthday. Get Richard Dotron? No, no, no. Oh. The G Unit G Unit's uh album. Oh, okay, okay. That was that was called uh, Big for Mercy. Yes, Big for Mercy. Yeah, and he got me the uh. The CD, I was the happiest, happiest day of my life. I want to be in love. <laughs> I was G unit down. Like, did you have G- t shirts? I didn't have any but paraphernalia. Oh, I just got to get what you got trying CD. I played it until it, it skipped. And then I got the, uh, the G unit album. And then, you know, I was a huge fan of, uh, then he, then, then he had the solo artist because. Book and um Lloyd Banks. Lloyd Banks and the game. The game, Tony Yayo. And Tony Yayo, they were all they all solo. Yeah, he, yeah, he signed the game. Well, Back, who I love also. Yeah. 
So who's underrated? He is. He is underrated. He's he's definitely a dope lyricist. He got some great albums too as well. But yeah, 50, like, and then we talked about it. they start off in music and then he is turned into a entertainment mogul, mogul with his uh, different television shows, the spinoffs from that. He's in the liquor. You, he he won't he won't even do a social media post without hashtagging his liquor. Yeah. Like, you know, that Branson cognac that he has, whatever. Have you had it before? Funny thing about it is he came to Little Rock in the pandemic to the liquor store and did a signing in the store. I said I was going to go to the signing. I drove around to the signing and I seen that line at the liquor store. I was like, I am not, I am not going in there to get a bottle from him and waiting outside. It was hot outside too. I was like, I'm not waiting. But I went to that same liquor store like probably like four hours later in the, in the late at night. And I was like, man, I know y'all probably ain't even got no more of that 50 cent cognac up in there. I'm like, yeah, we do. I was like, man, I wish he was here to sign it. And he was like, we'll give you a sign bottle. <laughs> and I bought the bottle and I haven't opened it. So I never oh, tasted it. <laughs> when you open it, please let me know. I'm gonna buy another bottle because he's autographed this. So I'm oh, not so gonna open the regular bottle. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a, like a no, it's not a regular bottle. It's one of the ones with his autograph on it. Well, I'm saying you have to get a one without a signature. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I go buy because the thing about it was I, I don't know if they had priced it for more because of his autograph. But I'm going to just buy a regular bottle of it one day. We could do that one day. Maybe that'll be a fun adventure. Yeah, trying out his cognac. But but yeah, a lot of rappers have ventured off into music, uh, out from music to television, movies, uh, clothing lines, liquor, yeah, uh, headphones. Oh, yeah, you know. And I mean, some some of them just go to producing. You know. Yeah. Well, who are who are your favorite artists? Well, I feel like. I always go back and forth, but I feel like, I don't know, did we ever do this top five before? We probably have done something similar. I feel like I really love Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, I love me some DMX. Yeah. I love Schoolboy Q. Yeah. You remember, I remember talking about his concert. I just love him. I think mm. he's great. Um, mm. He's actually doing a video in LA tomorrow. I, I need to drive there. Go ahead, drive. <laughs> <laughs> Just drive there through the night and get there by the tomorrow afternoon. Um, I love Scuba Q. I love a method man. I love Black Thought. Mm -hmm. Um those are maybe some of my favorite artists. I feel like I like them lyrically. I think they do great when it comes to like beats. You know who I really like too is uh Isaiah Rashad. Mm. I I really like him. I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, and I love. I just started listening to him, but I really like Currency. Oh, you just started listening to him? I just started listening to Currency, and I like him. Man, okay. I really like him, and like, dude is like he is funny, but he's like lyrical. I love his beats, and then I love the little thing. No. Oh, okay. He said you just started listening. Yeah, I just started listening to him. Um, I, would, I wish I had known. I would put you on him a long time ago. I like, I really like dude. And I, I said I would listen to him more. He might be one of the like more, like most recent artists. He, I've been kind of he had one of my favorite concerts in Little Rock. Like, he, when he, you remember the uh, the village on University of the Dome Theater place? 
on University. They used to have like shows. Oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never went there though. Okay. Well, when they, when they, it used to be a movie theater, but after it wasn't a movie theater anymore, they turned it into like a performance hall. And so this was like probably like 10 years ago or something, 10 or 15 years ago. But anyway, they brought currency down here to that one time. And when I tell you, he put on a good show and he was real hella chill and let people come on stage with him and stuff like that. But currency, he got a currency. If you go look at let's look at his catalog online, he got hella albums. And he got a bunch of, I mean, I like I over 20, like yeah. over 20 for sure. For mixtapes, for albums, and then he got like a bunch of duet albums too. So yeah. I'm surprised that you mentioned that you just started listening to him because man, he got a catalog. And he actually like one of the few rappers that I follow on Twitter, because there ain't too many of them that interest me with their tweets, but he's an interesting rapper to follow on Twitter. He is interesting in general. Yeah. For me, it's his like, Interviews too, yeah. Yeah, I saw he just recently did an interview on Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he seemed, he seemed like somebody I should follow more. I just hadn't. Yeah. Like, me personally, I know, like, I, I think I probably always talked about who my favorites are, but some of the people that I've been listening to more outside of my favorites that are becoming, like, people I listen to a lot are, um, love the Zelda artists, so Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun. I love West Side Gun. Yeah, I've been listening. If, I want to just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I would really like to, uh, learn a West Side Gun verse, it's just really hard to like, because he he be saying stuff, and I'm like, I, I can't keep up with it. Yeah, and then he got the ad too. He got the ad -libs. I yeah. love him. Yeah. He like, My favorite. Yeah, he, he, yeah, but he's dope, man. I've been the butcher in Conway, the machine too. I like them. I like Freddie Gibbs. He's another social media person that I like. I can follow on Twitter too as well. But his music is great. Uh, new group, uh, Coast Contra. Um, they did like uh, they went viral like one of their songs called "Never Freestyle." Yeah. They have some good music as a group, and I just like the fact that we have groups that we can listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like Spillage Village and uh, Earth Game. Mm. And so listening to them, Earth Gang remind me of like a newer version of Outcast, which is like a hell of big compliment. Mm. I don't expect them to ever feel the shoes of Outcast. <laughs> That's a lot of classic albums. Okay. But but I like their vibe as like a group Earth Gang. Uh, uh, and then I just, I rounded out by like, I always got to mention some women, man. So Rhapsody, for show, you say what? I love her. Yeah, Rhapsody for show, but I feel like I'm missing a few people, so I'm gonna just, I guess I'm gonna just stop right there, and if they come back to me, and maybe I'll mention them later, but we're almost about to be done anyway. But yeah, Rhapsody, man, she just put out, like, dope music, and I, I'm glad to see groups. I gotta give a shout out to, like, Lil Brother. I'm glad to see... I was thinking Lil Brother when you just talked about Yeah, they didn't really, they don't they didn't really, people don't really bring them up as far as like the greats because they're not together anymore. Mm -hmm. But they've been doing shows recently and then they got a documentary supposed to be coming out about them. Oh. Uh, 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 that's produced by them.
but like Fonte, Rapper Big, uh, Rapper Big Pool, and mm -hmm. uh, not Night Wonder is not touring with them and doing shows, but you know, they were classic act that I think they pushed the they pushed the boundary so far when they came out that mainstream had to like not let them in because they were making fun of all the mainstream moves that BT and MTV was making back then. They first came out with the minstrel show and basically saying it was like a modern day minstrel show and rap. And they made fun of, made fun of R. Kelly and all that type of stuff back then. So yeah, they were doing like the R. Kelly and um, Ron Isley like series of songs. And then uh, so Fonte created this character, Percy Miracles, who sang just like Ron Isley. <laughs> And then he would sing like Ron Isley and then change his voice to start sounding like R. Kelly. So he'd be singing back and forth to each other. You cheating to the windows, to the wall, skeet, skeeting. Percy, you know. So he was making fun of the industry, he was making fun of like R. Kelly and what they were doing with music. Yeah, it, was, it was great. But it's just great to see hip hop. My final thing that I, well, one of the last things I'll say is after 50 years of hip hop, I just hope that it continues to uh, be intergenerational. And when I say that, I mean like the old school artists and the new artists continue to collaborate with each other. And we continue to give flowers to the greats. We've seen like people like Snoop on tour, uh, 50 is doing shows right now. Uh, Rock Kim is still doing shows. You know, uh, they just put finally this year, 50 years of hip hop, they just finally put De La Soul's music on streaming platforms. Uh, I forgot about that. And that's like, that's like monumental. They fought yeah. for years to just have their music available. And it's like, when people mention a tribe called Quest, a lot of times the, the group that they get compared to a lot is De La Soul. Yeah. Especially after uh my guy uh oh, yeah. passing away this year before uh True Goy, mm -hmm. Doug, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. just uh never getting to really see that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Dave, man, he didn't even get to see the music get the platform, get yeah. on the platform. But it's good. Fifty years of hip hop this year that they finally are available on streaming platforms, and I uh, just, I just like to see them continue to see like the younger artists continue to carry on tradition and and be intentional about making uh, hip hop music because if you don't have a purpose to what you're doing, it's just performative. Yeah. So if you're intentional about like preserving the history of hip hop, like be intentional about making music that's meaningful and not saying that you can't have fun and just make songs about kicking it because the essence of hip hop started with fun with you know, house rooftop parties and in the park jams and dance uh, dance battles and battles on between MCs and battles between DJs. And it's like, we said I forgot to mention B boys and B girls. It was fashion, battles, doing knockers, windbreakers, and gazelle frames and fat laces and ropes, chains. All that. So just continue to keep that in mind and carry on that tradition. You know, I love it. That was another great segment. Yeah. So shout out to fifty years of hip hop, and I'm a tool. 
to all the local artists or the independent artists, start. You guys have been doing a lot of different things this year. I'm seeing DJs and MCs, rappers, hip-hop artists pop out the blue all of a sudden. We know y'all got kids and grandkids, but, like, don't be just popping out to do a show this year and then going back to your house Man, start coming out. Y'all can, y'all can take some time on Friday and Saturday and go support the local artists. I know it because I see y'all going to all the little the black and white, the black parties, the white parties, linen parties, the linen parties. You be at the Blues on the River. Hello. I love the Blues tour, but y'all want to go to the local shows and support the up and coming rappers, but y'all want people to respect the, the culture. Now, nah, you got to get out there and introduce yourself. So, like I've been seeing y'all throwing y'all fifty year tribute shows, and one folks come out support y'all rapping y'all songs that y'all rapped twenty years ago, thirty <laughs> years ago. I'm talking about independent artists. I ain't talking about the mainstream artists that been performing consistently. I'm talking about you guys who that became selling insurance, and you and you women who you know what I'm saying uh, became flight attendants, and y'all y'all don't do shows no more. <laughs> Uh, y'all go support y'all local hip hop artists in the local scene because you never know when they gonna blow and be a representation of the whole state and the whole scene. So, and I was I wanted to say something about that too. I just recently went to this event in Tulsa um, yeah. called uh, um, Soul Soul Cipher. Yeah. And basically it's like a hip hop cypher where all of these local independent artists from Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Mississippi, Oklahoma, they all come to Tulsa and they do a, literally a cypher and they have a beat and the DJ plays their beat and they perform and it's a cypher and it's all love and it's so much energy. A lot of these cats are like super young. Some of them are, you know, older. And it's just really cool to see everybody like unite around the topic of hip hop. And one of the biggest um, sort of like driving points for it is that a lot of these people are using hip hop and music as a form of um, mental health wellness. Mm -hmm. And they're using it as a form to like release, you know what I'm saying, frustrations and stress or whatever may be going on in their life. They come together and have a cipher. They do it once a month, um, every month in Tulsa. And um, I went to one of them and it was really mind-blowing. I really enjoyed myself. Loved seeing it. I saw so many talented people. And um, so, yeah, like anytime you have an opportunity to support local artists, local creatives or anything like that, definitely put that on your radar, put it on your calendar. No doubt. Add that to your budget. No doubt. One artist, you said something about mental health. One artist that I got to say uh, is the rapper that is carrying the torch for mental health, Londrell. So if you don't know who Londrell is, L-O-N-D-E-L-O-N-D-R-E-L-L-E. He all about self-care, self-health, uh, and, and mental health awareness. And he does great music. If you do yoga, this is the rapper that you can actually play while you're doing yoga that is like giving you affirmations and using a lot of the terminology that you are familiar with. I love that. So yeah, check them out on the way home. All right. Well, we are so happy that we got to record yeah. finally again for the month as we wrap up this summer, wrap up all the things. Thanks everybody for listening. But before we go, 
we wanted to hit y'all with a very, very, very special uh segment of four ingredients. We have four ingredients. Four ingredients is where we try a really tasty, delicious beer mm. from a brewery of our choice. We call it four ingredients because it takes four amazing ingredients to make a beer. Mm-hmm. That's water, hops, barley, and yeast. Mm-hmm. And today we're gonna try one of our favorite, one of my favorite. I feel like brewery is by the shoots out of um Bend, Oregon. Which I never been to Oregon, have you? No. Nah. Um, it's a Imperial IPA, Imperial Indian Pale Ale. It's called Royal Fresh. Mm. It's nine percent uh, on the ABV. They didn't really give did they give us to say supremely juicy, surprisingly drinkable. Freshly squeezed, no fruit was harmed in making this beer. So, Fort uh, Royal Fresh by Deschutes Brewery out of Bend, Oregon. We're going to try it right here on the air. Have you had it before? No. Okay, me either. <laughs> I don't remember. Like, why are you looking skeptical like that? Can, can we talk about real quick while we're trying? Can we talk about how your, your thing that you did that was special regarding beer? The special thing that you did? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> were you were you 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 did something special and you got an award and they they honored you in public? What are you talking about? I'm, t- I'm talking about you getting the plate in flying soccer. Oh I'm so tired of you. <laughs> Man, look, you're talking about my thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out, shout out to me. I'm flying saucer UFO plate member now. Recipient. Man, I tried. I'm officially what they call a beer expert because I've tried well over 200 different craft beers, not domestic. Okay, right. Craft beer. And so um, yeah, I got a plate, and that was like in May. And how long did it take you? That's why I didn't know what you was talking about. I was like, man, it's three months ago. Okay, well, that was not that long ago. <laughs> I'm not thinking it's like fresh on my mind, you know what I'm saying? But How long did it take you to get the plate? Oh, uh, pretty much I got it during the pandemic. I started like, I got it this year in May, like I said, but I don't think I even started the journey to doing that until like 2021. And I think it took me like, Maybe like around 16 months, 16, 17, 18 months. That's cool. So I tried like, in that time, I tried like over 200 different beers in a span of like a little bit over a year and a half. Well, cheers to that as we drink the the shoots. Cheers. Cheers. That is juicy. Hmm. I try it again, man. It's delicious for me. Very juicy, bold, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Molly's making faces. I don't. No, nah, it's not like it is juicy. It has a. Oh man, it's. I don't know. I can taste like the fruit in it. I just can't pick up on what the hints of fruit are. Yeah, I actually don't know what that is either. Like, I don't know if it's orange or yeah, yeah. It's um, it's different, man. It's a different. It's a little bit darker than I'm used to with the shoes too. Yeah, a, a little lot. bit darker. I enjoy this 
pretty thick, so I don't know if I would drink it in the summer like that. Yeah. Like a fall beer. Um, oh, yeah, this is definitely like a more of a fall type of beer. For sure. It's like for all you uh, all you people who like to sit around the bonfire and put your blanket on in the falls in your camper chairs. Have a nice cold Got A cold, a nice, make sure it's cold. It's very cold. A cold to shoot. Um, and you know what I'm saying? Hey, increase the ambiance a little bit. Do what you do in the fall. But yeah, it's it's definitely got that nice juicy, uh got a little got some hops to it too as well. Yeah, pretty hoppy. I mean, if you don't drink the beer, if you don't drink the IPA, you probably ain't gonna wanna drink this. Yeah, but it's 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 pretty good. And, you know, I think that uh and it has like a it's strong too, but mm -hmm. I, I think that um it's not leaving like a bad aftertaste or nothing like that. No, actually, it's pretty smooth for it to be so strong. It's yeah. a nine percent beer. Oh, it's nine percent. It is so it's very pretty strong, but it does not it does not bite you in the back of like in the back like it's not bitter. Yeah, it's not yeah. bitter at all. Man, I wish this can kind of told me a little bit. This is why. This is why, and th this is another thing. I have found out that I enjoy trying beers that um, when you get to get your plate or whatever, when you go to Flying Saucer anyway, and you get on their little site to try the beers, they always give you like a two to three sentence, two, maybe three sentences about what it tastes like and what's in, what's in it. Yeah. And so I always like to know like what did they use? Like, you know, they'll tell you if it's some caramel in it or some oranges or pineapple or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious as to what is in this. But it is uh the shoots, if I had to grade it on a scale, I get this beer like scale of one to uh, zero to ten, I give it like a good seven. I think it's a seven for me too. Maybe like even a seven point five. Yeah, seven point five. I probably would be wanting to have it all the time, but if I saw it and yeah. You know, in a sea of other things, I would be like, oh, I'll take it. Yeah. I I will I want to try to I want to go like try like one of my favorite beers, drink that first and then drink this afterwards to see like how I feel about uh what's one of your favorite ones? Oh don't say fails. No, 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 stop it. Stop it. You are you are doing the most. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you just been like favorite in general. Yeah, just favorite okay. beers in general. Um, damn, I'm running. I got a blank going because it's like. I mean, you really shouldn't have no blank after trying two hundred. Man, but it's, but I've been on a a beer hiatus ever since yeah. a little while, and so like, I, I I know like I said like the last my last favorite beer that I was drinking. Uh, was a stone beer. Okay. It was a stone IPA, and it's one of their like stone like hot alcohol percentage joints that you know uh, that uh, you can't get a regular pint if you go out to it. Mm. If you go out and drink it, the bar's not gonna serve you a pint. They're gonna serve you like a. Uh, like a 10 ounce or a 13 ounce? Yeah, one of those smaller ounces. Because what a pint? What's the pint? 16 ounce? 16, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a 12. 
it's like a 12. Uh, but yeah, it's like I have been drinking uh, one of those stones, man. I can't even remember. I'm mad I can't remember the name of the, my beer that I was like really drinking earlier this year. I feel like my favorite beer, is, and it usually comes out around this time, maybe like late August, is Where's, Where's Waldo? Who does that? It's by Lagunitas. Oh, the Waldo. Okay, yeah, yeah, but it's one of my favorite beers. But you can only get it like once a year. Well, but they, but, but when you buy them, they, they serve them in like bottles, right? Yeah, they only come in like a four pack. Waldo? Yeah, it's like the dark green joint. Yeah. Man, so I know somebody that keep them year round. Really? Yeah, I know a bar. No. Okay. But uh yeah, they definitely uh oh okay. Okay, so my favorite beer this year has been this beer called Stone Down Understruck. Okay, I haven't had that one. They sell it in cans and they sell it, you know what I'm saying? They tap on it here for the block. But yeah, the Waldos, I they're, they're oh no, I'm I'm tripping. I'm thinking about Maximus. Oh, Maximus. I do like Maximus. Maximus. Waldos, that 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 bottle looks different. I actually hate that I like Lagunitas because my ex really liked Lagunitas, and I would never I would never drink it after we broke up. And then I found Waldo. Waldo, I got some Waldo's paraphernalia too. That's that's why I saw a question in my mind. I got Waldo's shirts and all that. Really? Yeah, they Blaganita's actually sponsored one of my shows one time. Oh, that one time I remember. Yeah, and they gave away free Lagunitas the whole time. They and, did. Then, and then they gave me a bunch of like you do another show like that. Man, I gotta find I gotta find a place that will let me tap beer for free for like two hours. That should be easy. That should be easy, but some people don't want to do that because they just like, how much tips are we going to get if we give away beer all day? <laughs> so do your oh, whole entire thing. Give us a break. Two hours. Two hours. I got like, but like I said, I got, and Lagunitas got to want to set up there and everything. So that was a fun time. Maybe I can bring that back. 2024, Lagunitas, if you're Please. listening, sponsor my show. Then. Go ahead, sorry. No, sponsor my show and let, let's let's get it in again. That was a some a fun summer for me. That year? That year was a fun summer. What else happened? <laughs> we went to the J. Cole concert. Oh yeah, that was fun. That and was fun. We was outside for um we got did you did you get free tickets for May Memphis uh Memphis and May for uh Riverfest that one time? Oh, uh, was that that year that I had VIP? Uh, yeah, you had VIP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the same year? I think it was the same year. Wow, that was a good year. It was a good year. I had my locks in. I was cute. Yeah. Yep, you sure did. You cute. Yeah. So that you was a swing, good... too. Yeah, swing on the locks. It was getting longer. That was a was great. A fun year. Fun summer. Yeah, that feels so throwback. You said Riverfest. Right. It don't even exist. That's what I'm talking about. Memphis and May because I got it confused. Yeah, man. Riverfest. We need to do an episode one day on why <laughs> we don't have no major festivals here in Arkansas anymore. We, and we really, to be, and we really should well, be trying well, to. Well, in Little Rock because Format Festival was major. So. Well, it was major, but um, last year. But um, it ain't happened this year yet, has it? it? It's happening in a few weeks. And I ain't hear nobody talking about it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Was major, but we need to get a board together and uh put us a thing. We need to like 
put us one, put us a festival together. Mm-hmm. They used to have, we just talking, they they used to have a reggae, a reggae festival. The, ball, the one that reggae on the river. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. I know who you talk to about that. And when I tell you that was lit, they had um Kamani Marley. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the lesser known Marleys, but I mean they had a Marley here in North Little Rock, because that was on the north side. Yeah. And they had the best time. Well, um, September. Oh yeah. yeah. You will have the opportunity to see the whalers. The whalers finally. Here in Little Rock at the Hall. I wish Bunny was still around. Yeah. But the good thing about that is like it's their kids carrying on the tradition and the name. So it's like like it ain't like I ain't trying to talk crazy or nothing, but it ain't like temptations. A bunch of random people just joined the group that never really had any like Never. Connection to him. It's or like, like Drew Hill too, because they doing this stuff right now. Drew Hill then went from what four dudes to like seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then I'm like, who are the other dudes singing hard as hell? You know, that's what I'm talking about dude sing. I'm like, and then the dude that's been in the group forever that never sing, he just still there. No yo. Don't do no yo. What is name one verse that he led a song on? First of all, Nokio is an original Drew Hill yeah. member. But I'm like, it's like one dude, one dude left. The jazz still in the group, and Nokio still in the group with with Cisco. Somebody left. The dude who used to wear the shades all the time that barely sang too. Mm, I don't know this person. Yeah, you did. His name was Woody. Oh, Woody left. He left. He not. He in, never came back. You never see him on none of the stuff no more when they do shows, huh? But the other three, four dudes be at every show. They be singing hard as hell. They be singing. I seen them in Indianapolis. They, I, they was this close to me, and I was like, "Who are these dudes?" One of them name is Black or something. I don't know what the other name is. But when I tell you, Man. they sing. They sing. They sing. They used to be in another group. That's what I heard. But I don't know what group it was. Well, I'm going to tell you, though, they had to sing because also Cisco be singing. Okay. Hey, y'all. We're going to finish this conversation without y'all listening. Tap in. Love you guys for listening. Tap in. Let us know what you think. Let us know your favorite hip-hop artist. Let us know your thoughts on the Montgomery Brawl. Until next time. Let us know if you're going to order a white folding chair. Come on, get your folding chairs together and then come kick with us. We'll put stock into it. Bye. (laughs) Peace. (laughs)